Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, this is the Dear Deirdre podcast with me, Sally Land, the Sun's resident agony aunt. Yes, we're taking the Sun's legendary advice column from the page to podcast. Every episode, I'll be giving my advice on your real-life dilemmas. We'll be covering everything from sex and relationships to money and careers to managing your mental health and much, much more. And I won't be doing it alone, as each week I'll be joined by special expert guests and some of your favourite celebs too. So, if you're struggling with a problem and feel like you need some advice, the Dear Deirdre team is here to help. You can send your problems to deardeirdre at the-sun.co.uk. We answer every single letter sent to us and there's no problem too big, too small or too embarrassing. But for now, it's on with the show. This week, we're exploring a subject which nearly half of young people in the UK have admitted they have experienced at some point in their life, bullying. Please note, we will be exploring themes that can be sensitive for some listeners. Exact timings on topics can be found in the show notes. In this episode, alongside two very experienced guests, I'll be addressing letters about a young boy being bullied at school and online by his peers, revenge porn being used as blackmail, and how to move on from haunting memories of past abuse. So with no further ado, let me introduce Jono Lancaster, who's a disability and body confidence educator and campaigner. Jono started his own charity, Love Me, Love My Face, and he travels all around the world supporting and educating children about disability. So welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Sally. Yeah, it's... pleasure. Pleasure yeah. is all ours. And I'm also very happy to have here in the studio with me today, Bobby Norris, who made his name on TOWIE. It was nearly 10 years, wasn't it? You've been on TOWIE. Almost 11. Wow. No, I don't know wow. where, where the time's gone flies by, <laughs> doesn't it? <laughs> and probably more importantly for the purposes of today's conversation, Bobby has been really instrumental in introducing the online safety bill because it was Bobby who pushed for the e-petition on holding trollers to account for their online abuse. So we're in very good company today. Thank you, both of you. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. Perhaps, Bobby, would you start us off by telling us a little bit about what you've been working on and maybe where we're at with the online safety bill? Yeah, absolutely. So I started 
the bill about four years ago mm-hmm. now. I wasn't sure. I'd kind of gone through this stage of, of not really talking about getting the the horrendous trolling on social media. And I think in a way I was almost embarrassed, which I don't know why I'd kind of put that on me because it's always about the person that's sending the messages. But I kind of thought, you know, with my profile and my voice, I I wanted to speak out because I was so aware that I wouldn't be the only person. And it wasn't until speaking about it on TOWIE and in the media, on the radio and on TV, that so many people got in touch. And I think some people still don't realise it's not just celebrities and people in the public eye that receive the vileness of trolls on social media it's awful the statistics of the amount of people that do and yes four years ago I started a petition because I thought something has to be done now I'm not bashing social media I love it and I think for 98% of the time it can be such an amazing thing Obviously, the, the last two years we've had the, the technology of keeping in touch when we physically couldn't see people is amazing. And I'm always on social media, but there is a bit of a dark side. And I couldn't believe that there wasn't stricter rules in place and that something can't be done about it. I mean, I'd let some of it pass. Like, it's generally always about my sexuality, which is almost a waste of time trolling me about because it doesn't matter how many tweets or DMs you send me. That's not going to change. No. Do you know what I mean? So I don't, I don't <laughs> know what the It's not a per- choice. It's not a choice, yeah. So you can troll me forever and a day. I'm still going to be a gay man. And it wasn't until it started getting to the point where it was death threats and how vile it was and I thought something has to be done and I would almost share them on my social media platforms to let people know that the dark side and that people aren't alone that are receiving the online abuse really when it become death threats I would report them and I know a lot of my fans and followers would and sometimes they would get deleted by the by the social media platform and sometimes more often than not they'd get a message back saying it doesn't break community guidelines right now, if you knew the extent of some of these death threats and the abuse, the fact that they don't break guidelines makes you question what you have to say yeah. to break a guideline. As I say, I love social media, but the laws haven't caught up and I couldn't understand why something wasn't being done. So, yeah, four years ago, I started petitioning and speaking about it and campaigning. And I think it was about two months ago, now, maybe six weeks ago, I went back to Parliament for a second debate. Yeah. And I was fortunate enough that they contacted me in lockdown and uh, we did another one via Zoom. So I've had three now. So there's been two debates and then there was like an evidence session, which I'm so grateful that during the lockdowns that they still wanted to find out more. If we can save just one life from making making it stricter and, and making a law about it, I think it's worth doing. It's long overdue, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. No, it's fantastic that you've been given, been giving lawmakers a, a push in the right direction. Yeah. Hearing you speak so passionately about that, Bobby, is, is really, really encouraging. Throughout social media's existence, I've experienced trolling, bullying. I now run my own charity, the Love Me, Love My Face Foundation. So I have a condition called Treach Collins, which has affected my appearance. So we support children all over the UK. We have so many families that reach out to us that share that their son, their daughter has been filmed and then it's been put on TikTok. It's been shared on 
Twitter and the memes have been created by them. They're self-harming because of this bullying. So we're now in regular contact with TikTok, trying to educate them on how to police it, how to manage it. But Bobby, you are 100% correct that social media is such a new thing. It's a minefield, but conversations and big stuff is happening, which is which is great to really see. And, that, and that's why, yeah, and that's why we're here. And I can honestly say that your Instagram account is one of my happy places to see the way that the children react when they meet you. It's like we were talking about everybody needs a role model and to see people who are like them, don't they? And it's, it's fantastic, the work oh, that both of you are doing. Yeah, going into schools and being with the students is one of the best things yeah. that I'm lucky enough to do. Yeah. It's, I'll go into school and like all kids are like staring at me and they've got all the questions in their head, like, oh, why does it look different? And then within like 10 minutes, you know, I'll speak and they're laughing and they're joking with me. And I was like, right, have you got any questions? And I'm thinking... They're going to ask me about my face or something like that. What's your favourite football team? Yeah. And I'm like, yes, that's yes. what that's what matters to yeah. me as a person. What's yeah. your favourite song? Yeah. Uh, what's your favourite food? What have you? And I'm like, it's, I absolutely love it. Can we race at playtime? I'm yeah. like, yeah. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> and I'm going to win. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I wanted to ask both of you, if you can remember the first time you were bullied, is there a particular memory that springs to mind? I'm not often in London, and I was on the tube today. Yeah. And one th- one of my earliest memories of me was my mum used to take me to London Great Ormond Street Hospital for all my surgeries. And um, maths and work on the train. She always made me do my education. She always then tried to make it a fun day out. My mum's a little old lady. She's not even five foot. But yeah, she's just got the <laughs> biggest, biggest heart. And I always felt like it was my job when we're in London... I'm going to get us from A to B on the tube. So I, it was my job to f- count down the tube stations and like, my mum couldn't see, you know, the signs on the on the thing. So I'm like, mum, it's our stop next. That was my job. So I'm on the tube and there's a couple sat across from us as you're face to face on the tube. And they're all lovey-dovey and the kissing and the cuddling and stuff like that. And I'm like, oh, that's not... For me, I'm like, oh, I like that. I, I want to experience that one day. And they saw me and they looked at each other. Then they laughed they sniggered, they looked at me again and they laughed and then they're trying to hide. And at this age, I think it was like 10 or 11, I'd got used to that staring and that people sniggering at me. Yeah. And and I just ignored it and I was like, Mum, it's our stop next. And we stand up and I step off the tube and my mum's not with me, she's talking to these two people and she steps off and then she's got tears rolling down her cheeks. The doors close. She stood next to me and she just stares them, stares at them as the tube goes off. And it crushed me. I felt so guilty that my face and this incident had upset my mum. And I think before then, I kind of thought it was normal that people would stare at me and people would pull their eyes down. People would point and laugh. I kind of, this is my normal life. Mm. But then when my mum, when I saw my mum that, that was exposed to it, it crushed me and it was like, that's not fair. Every time I come to London, that's, that's on my mind. I'm... That's on my mind. And There's I'm two things. About... You should never have got used to that. That's just so sad that you were exposed to it so many times that you got used to it. And secondly, it's never your fault. It's no. not your face. And 
I understand why you feel guilty towards your mum, but she sounds like a tiger mum. Oh, she, she was going to take them on. Yeah. Good job that tube was leaving. Yes. <laughs> yeah, my mum. Yeah, my mum's a mama T Rex. Yeah. She's just she's incredible. I'm lucky that I've come through it, and it has. I won't say. I guess it has. It's emotionally educated me. Yeah, and. Bobby. I'd say, again, it's so hard to pinpoint, but I know exactly what it would be, and it would it would be my sexuality, a man of 35 now. But I know what you mean about being desensitised, because I don't really know any different, and it's a really strange thing when you'd be bullied or someone would be homophobic and, and say homophobic slurs, when it's something that you can't do anything about, and I yeah. wouldn't want to. I'm, I'm a proud gay man, you know, like... It's a hard thing to take on, but you kind of don't know any different. And I think it's definitely given me a thicker skin, especially being in the industry I'm now in. And I think that's why when it comes to social media, there isn't a gay slur I've not heard in my 35 years. Do you know what I mean? Now, you've both very kindly agreed to read out some of the trolling messages you've both been sent. We've only chosen three or four, I think, and sadly you've been sent a lot more but I'll let you take the floor you should kill yourself we don't want your child in the world to be growing up an ugly like you kill it before it lays eggs if you were burning alive I wouldn't try to save you his parents didn't want him for a reason he's not a human being he should do himself a favour by ending his life that's really hard hearing that even here in the studio Johnny, how does that affect you when you get sent messages like that? 99% of the time, I've developed a thick skin. I'll talk to my friends, I'll talk to my partner, or sometimes it don't bother me. Sometimes I'm like, sad little human being, why would they send that? Yeah. And then, or sometimes I'll think, why, why, why are they sending this? And I'll start and try and work it out. And then sometimes it just cuts so deep. Yeah. I used to want to die. I wanted my life to end. I was given up for adoption. My birth parents struggled to come to terms with with my condition and then when people start talking about my birth parents I should have been aborted and stuff like that I used to have those thoughts about myself yeah. and then also I'm reading them and then yeah. your loved ones and my mum sees them and my friend sees them and then it snowballs because then if you're dating and you're like why would anybody want to be around any of this it, it it's just so crazy how one day or in the morning it might not bother you but an hour later can just cut so deep there's no preparation for it you can do all the work you can develop the thickest of skin something it might even be so trivial and silly it can just get it still cuts and we know that sadly a quarter of people who have been bullied have suicidal thoughts you know that's that's how serious the impact of it can be bobby are you happy to read out yours deep breath (laughs) apologies now for the language um, ill, you are a f- disgrace to humanity. F- die, please. Drown in the North Sea, you. C- if you don't, I'll come to your place and sort you out with my 11 inch blade. You and your sexuality need to be gone ASAP. Just kill yourself, the world would be a better place. Or you fag, go hang yourself, you're a disgrace. Wish your dad had pulled out. I bet you used to get bullied in school because you're a cat. I think he means but I, I don't know. Or, or maybe cat. Why am I a cat? Um, someone needs to throw acid in your face to make you look better. Hope you get cancer. 
when you read it a few times and you go through them, and it's that kind of thing that they're so awful, some of these things, that even the thickest skin, like you're saying, sometimes it just it just goes that bit deep and yeah. uh, affects you some days more than others. But when you do reread it, it's the randomness of it. Like, go drown yourself in the North Sea. I mean, why the North Sea? Yeah. And an 11-inch bloke, it's so specific, yeah. but so random. It's the strangest thing to me that anyone thinks that's okay to send to someone. Yeah. Because you just wouldn't dream, you wouldn't dream of thinking it. But yeah. let alone thinking, like, where's my phone? I'm going to send that to him. To uh, put that much effort into yeah, hurting someone. It blows my mind, it really does. And some of the stuff, I've, I've been sent some, I mean, that's horrendous. I've, I've had even worse than that. Even though I do have a thick skin, as we say, it's it's still you're still human. It's it's you still have emotions, and some days it gets to you more than others. But I'm very aware I can handle it and channel it, and I'm in a place in my life where I don't let that consume me, and so I don't how... give them the power. But I know 13 year old Bobby or 14 year old Bobby would have handled that very differently. Yes, and that's what I'm always very conscious of, and that was a massive reason for trying to put this bill into place and change the law it's not only words these things sometimes it's one message too many yeah. for someone you know even just one message is totally it... unacceptable isn't it okay i think we're probably ready for our first letter this comes from a young woman who's living with anxiety after living through cruel abuse due to a facial disfigurement let's take a listen and then I'd love to hear from both of you what your advice would be for her. Dear Deirdre, I was bullied in my teens for having a large birthmark on my face. I saw a counsellor at school who helped me get over the bullying and I felt better. I moved on to university, but I seemed to struggle socially and was anxious most of the time. I thought that therapy might help me again, but the counsellor I contacted recommended antidepressants and told me to read some self-help books. The pills made me very emotional. I felt like I was just a number, not an individual, and I became very anxious. I stopped the sessions because the counsellor was making me feel worse, but I went off the rails and began to self-harm. I'm a 24-year-old woman. I'm better now, but I feel I need closure to stop my inner critic from repeating the horrible words that the bullies from my school years said to hurt me. What should I do? Now, Jono, I think this will probably resonate quite strongly with you. What are your initial thoughts? So I would recommend finding somebody else to talk to. Yeah. I know you can have a bad experience with anything and that can just put you off doing something for the rest of your life, like a counsellor or speaking to somebody. So you will find a good counsellor. I'm really, really glad and proud of her that she's recognised things don't work for her and she's moved away from them. I think that's really, really important. When it comes to me thinking about my bullies, I consider myself very successful. I consider myself... I have to pinch myself at times because, like, oh my God, I've just got this incredible life. And then I think about the bullies in my life and where they are now. Back when I see my mum, there's one of my old bullies who still walks the streets. He broke into my car a couple of years ago. He threw a brick through my window. He wears the same clothes and he's he's not got a lot of aspirations. And when there's these people with all these dark thoughts, 
It's them that are going to be held back in life, in love, friendships, relationships, work, career. When you have all these dark thoughts, it holds you back. And if you are able to, this person who just shared this, if she thinks about what she loves about herself and she starts working on that, actually writing something down is very, very powerful. It'll be very hard at first. You might not think about anything and you might, oh, I like something. But you develop these loves and it just grows and grows and grows. So there are a few of things I, I initially thought of. I but. really like that tip about the positive affirmations. Just write it down and as tiny as as the beginning can be, it can grow from there. But just for her to recognise and to see the good things. Well, yeah. So, oh God, about six or seven Valentine's days ago, our inner relationship... I've always been a soppy. I like writing poems for girls that I had a crush on back in school and stuff like that. And um, I sat down with a card and I started writing all the things I loved and admired about this girl. And um, I'm thinking, of, I'm like, she's going to love this. She's going to think she's like the sexiest girl in the world. And she's just going to like, she, a smile's just going to be like the biggest smile. And, 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 and I just can't wait to give her it. And I'm like, why don't I do this for myself? Yes. Why don't I like write down what I love about myself? So I started doing it. And ever since then, it's become a regular practice. Last year, every day, I set myself the challenge of finding something that I loved about myself. I managed to find 181 things that I loved about myself. Sometimes I just didn't have the mental capacity to go there. Sometimes I was sad and I couldn't find anything. Sometimes I was angry and I couldn't find... Sometimes I just didn't want to do it. But I found 181 things that I loved about myself last year. And I started revisiting places in my childhood. So, yes, there were painful bullying experiences as a teenager. But through that self-love list, yeah. there was these things that I absolutely adored about teenager Jonathan and, <laughs> and modelled my haircut on the Backstreet Boys, the Nick Carter. and I love it. Um, 100% commitment. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I did. I fell in love with yeah. my, myself as a child. And I was like... I could so easily look, and I have done, I've looked back at my teenage years with anger. Yeah. And I thought my birth parents, I wanted to hurt my birth parents, so you left me. But they gave me life. End of the day, they gave me life, and that's for I'm forever grateful. So you can think about things in the past, and it can still hurt you, but you also can flip it and turn it into something kind of nice as well um fall in love with yourself even the past you can't it's possible that's such a great task write something every day that you like about yourself love about yourself love i stand corrected (laughs) bobby how about you what would you advise this lady like john i said for me also when it comes to to, to the writing down as well as things you love about yourself i not every day because like you say some days you just don't and life gets in the way and some days you just might be struggling a little bit more which is more reason to do it but if there's a a day like that for me I try and think of what I'm grateful for so as well as what you love about yourself it's because it's so easy to get caught up in your mind and and get anxious and take on the the stresses and to get out of your own head and to think well I'm grateful for and it it can be the smallest of things like it, it doesn't have to be material things. It, it can just. I'm I'm grateful for that the weather was lovely today, or yeah. you could be grateful that you've watched your favourite program yes. that night. The simple things. The simple yeah. things. Like I'm grateful it. if I ever get a cup of tea in bed. Yeah, it's I, I'm, important. I'm, it's really important. I'm grateful that I, yeah I had mm. a, 
dinner tonight. I had a lovely coffee this morning, or yeah. I'm grateful that I've, I've got a lovely friend. And also think talking's very, very important. There's a lot to be said for getting it. Again, and all these kind of things I go back to, so whether it's writing or speaking, it's getting it out of just your own head yes. and vocalising something. Yes. You'd be surprised how much that can help a little bit by just even just saying to one person. And also, like Jono said, I've, I'm a big believer, and it's easier said than done, but if you look back to someone who's bullied you or been awful to you, it's so easy to just be angry yes. at that person. I wish I could go back and actually tell my, my younger self, but I, I, maybe it's age and you you see things different. But carrying anger isn't going to change what happened. It doesn't even affect the person that did you wrong or was awful to you. The only person deep down anger hurts is yourself. Yeah. And it's such a, a negative emotion to carry. So if, if you can, obviously, I don't know, forgiving could be a strong word because people that have bullied you can make your life hell but if you can be accepting of what happened you know it wasn't right that they did that to you they bullied you but you're no longer carrying anger yeah that's a really big thing so i'd say yes speaking speaking to someone about it and acceptance yes it, it was what it was but if you can try and find a positive even in the most negative situations you can think right yeah that was awful he broke me or or they was horrible to me. They called me something nasty. But you can take something and think, well, I know that I won't settle for that yeah. again. You kind yeah. of find self-worth in yourself thinking, well, I deserve better than that and I won't allow someone to do yeah. it and I won't give them the permission to do that. If you bottle it up, it gets bigger and bigger inside of you. As soon as you talk to somebody, it's like deflating a balloon. Yeah, You can see people's shoulders go down and you can see that their problem get smaller once they share and they actually air it so you're absolutely right talking is so so important coming up next we have a man whose custody battle with his ex has become vengeful and we hear a heartbreaking story from a young boy who's being tormented by his peers ryan reynolds here from Mint mobile with the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? 
Alright, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply. If rated PG. We've had our first listener letter from a woman who's struggling to move on from being bullied as a teenager. And now it's time to take a listen to a man whose custody battle with his ex has taken a really nasty turn. Dear Deirdre, my ex is threatening to share our sex tape online if I don't agree to give her full custody of our kids. She's 42, I'm 45 and we were together for 12 years. To be honest, I don't know how I lasted that long. She is quite possibly the most critical person I've ever met. Everything I did was wrong. If I made the bed, the cushions weren't in the right spot. If I cooked dinner, it was too cold, too spicy or too bland. There were some good parts to our relationship. All the arguing meant we had great makeup sex at least two or three times a week. Last year while she was away on a spa weekend with her friends, I decided to tidy the house. I was putting away her clean washing when I found a box shoved at the back of the drawer. Inside was a key and a note that read, so you can visit whenever you want. When I confronted her, she didn't even try to deny it. She said, yep, I've been having an affair for a year, so I guess we better divorce. I was stunned at how little she seemed to care. So we split. She stayed in the house with the kids, who I see every weekend, and I moved in with a friend. We managed to keep things pretty amicable until it came to the issue of custody. She wants full custody of our sons, who are 11 and 7. I don't know why. I'm a great dad, and they get really excited to see me every Saturday. Last night she called again to demand I sign the papers. When I said no, she threatened to share a sex tape we had made early on in our relationship. I'd completely forgotten about it. I wasn't totally on board with the idea in the first place, so I think I blocked it out of my memory. I can't believe those words even came out of her mouth. What sort of person threatens that? And she's not considered how this would make our sons feel. Is there anything I can do to stop her? Gosh. Yeah, it's it's a heavy letter, that one. Yeah. I mean, like the the gentleman touches upon at the very end of his letter, ultimately, there's children involved here. Yes. Um, I'm actually kind of lost for words, actually, yeah. because it's... Well, you always expect parents to put their children first. first. yeah. But things can get vicious in a breakup and they forget about the needs of the children. And, I mean, I, I'm not a parent, so, it, so it's a very hard one for me to to say but it's always nice when any relationship ends I mean obviously you've not got to be best friends but if you can at least be civil and keep it as amicable as possible yeah. especially when you, you share children because you've got to be in each other's lives almost forever certainly for, for 21 years but that, that's just going to be a lot longer isn't it because yeah. down the line there could be weddings and children involved and grand blah 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 I would say you've always got to put the children first so in terms of the sex tape what good's going to come of that yes and the custody side, you can't use the children as a weapon. You're absolutely right. We, we know that children benefit from having good relationships with both parents when they are good parents. Mm. And if they don't have a relationship with one parent, then very often their self-esteem and mental health is affected. So, yeah. Jono, what are you thinking? And this is a criminal offence, right? The threatening yeah. of sharing a sex tape. So You're right, it's revenge porn. Yeah. So, so even threatening or actually sharing 
something against someone's will exactly. is a criminal offence. Yes, yeah, so they need to speak to the non-emergency police line and get some advice and s- support because I think that's an issue. Absolutely. And then I think the other issue is the children and I think all of us in this room will say, you know, put the children first, but there are parents and adults in this world that don't put their children first and they will use children against one another to try and blackmail and to try and take an advantage of people. That does happen. Yeah. A lot of kids have experienced broken families and have been manipulated and planted negative seeds against one another. So I think you need to start recording everything, creating a logbook of what's being said and and what's happening, however you want to put it. And then should anything happen, if his children get any negative thoughts or feelings towards him, he's got a diary then to be able to very trans, again, be as transparent as possible this is what I've said, this is what I've done. Yeah. Um, maybe create something for his children to be able to read at a later date when they are old enough, just in case yeah. this goes sour. Breakups are hard. Yeah. Uh, and throwing children and a marriage in there and an affair, and it, that, that's quite a messy thing. So mm. yeah. seek legal and police advice, and then I'd, I would start recording everything that goes on in your life, thoughts, feelings, actions, and just get a record of stuff. There's a fantastic charity called Families Need Fathers who advise men and women, but it's basically how to take care of the children and to ensure you have access in in rocky breakups. They're a brilliant charity as well. Right, let's take a look at our final letter. This one is particularly heartbreaking. It's coming from a father who's desperately trying to protect his son from school bullies. Dear Deirdre, my son is being bullied at school, but the staff just see it as boys will be boys. He's 11 and in year 7. His mum and I are 38 and we're very worried about him. He's quiet and gentle, very bright, but not good at sports. I think they target him because he's not your typical boy. He's only friends with girls and loves singing and dancing. I suppose you would say he's more feminine. Boys have tripped him up, yanked his rucksack off and taken his packed lunch. Last week they hid his PE kit and laughed when he got into trouble for not having it. A group of boys have taken videos of him being tripped up, doused in fizzy drinks and even of him crying after being shoved around. These videos then get sent around on WhatsApp and shared on TikTok. He's become a punch bag in real life and online. I have spoken to his teachers and they just seem afraid of the bullies, who appear to have a hyena pack type of control in the school. How do I put a stop to this once and for all? Oh, you really feel for Gosh, the yeah. family and the little boy in particular, Awful. don't you? Bobby, what what are you thinking? What would you advise these parents? I'd like say firstly, you just can't help but it's just heartbreaking hearing that, isn't it? It's just absolutely awful. Yeah. It's horrendous that, that the parents have spoken to a teacher and that the teacher... Does they don't feel like they're getting any support from the teacher because that, that's going to be your first point of call. And it's very hard, as we spoke about earlier, coming out and saying that you're being bullied or you've been bullied. So the fact he's opened up to his parents and told them, I think is amazing yeah. that he, he's told mum and dad. That's definitely the, the first thing and so important. Kids can be so cruel. And I think what you can hear in that letter is that 
it's clearly escalating as time goes on. It's hiding his kit, filming him, sharing that on social media. So he's getting bullied at school. I imagine the WhatsApps are happening after school. Then, so he's not only living that, it's then going on social media as well. People are putting it on TikTok. I would absolutely go back to the teacher, call a meeting with the head teacher and sit there and get the phone out. If they've got screen grabs of what's being put in yeah. group chats of WhatsApp, the videos of, of him being pushed out, because that, that's not OK. You, you go and to school ass- to... It's assault, it's isn't assault, it? Yeah, it's assault, yeah, and you're at school t- to learn. Mm. It's, no one deserves to go anywhere daily and put up with abuse and then have it publicly played out in the domain of TikTok and social media. And I would show the teacher the TikTok and, and say that I would demand that, that something be done. The way that's escalating, you can see, well, it's always, it's getting physical, isn't it? it's getting tripped up yeah. and throwing fizzy drinks on him. Bless him. I mean, it's, it's heartbreaking to hear. I think you're absolutely right. They have to go back to the teacher and also the head. Every school has an anti-bullying policy, so they really do need to you know not take no for an answer you're right go back go back and demand more action and if the teachers won't do anything go to the board of governors absolutely definitely and also and i'm sure they have but but let your son know that it's okay for him to have friends that are girls and for him to like singing and to like dancing we don't have to conform into stereotypes of of what boys should be and what girls should be and i hope he knows that yeah thank you Mm. bobby and Jono, what would you be saying to these parents and to the boy? So we, as a charity, um, have, have got a few families that are going through this. We as a charity work with the family and as a child. I've gone into schools and done anti-bullying workshops. I've also spent time with the family and worked on that self-love and that acceptance and that embracing who you are and, and listening to the boy's thoughts because I think when any child reaches out to an adult if they get failed by an adult once they can then live a life of not ever speaking to an adult about some of the shittiest things that happens to them and I think that's very very dangerous so we need to talk to this boy to continue to share everything that's going on in his life with those around him as Bobby said evidence everything and share that and if the school don't act, I would take it further to the school governing bodies, UMP. I'd be tempted to, as a desperation thing, to reach out to a charity, and maybe even social media, even the, the, I don't know, the local news. If that were my son, my daughter, my child, and I'd gone through every avenue and I was still being failed, I would bring it to the masses and bring more attention to this because this happens in so many schools and I don't think it's the teachers faults either I think their hands are tied and they are under a lot of pressure themselves as well and there's a lot of reasons why there's failings here but it doesn't make it acceptable it doesn't make it right yeah so that's what I would be doing thank you I love that you're saying don't give up keep, yeah. keep going don't let them shut the door in your face you'll eventually get there to sign off I wanted to ask both of you what would you advise somebody who is being bullied right now, who hasn't told anyone, who's keeping it all locked up inside them? I think that the first thing is tell someone, talk yeah. to someone. Because there's something to be said for hearing yourself back as you speak, because yes. when things are false, yeah, you're aware they're in your head, but when you hear yourself saying something, you might actually surprise yourself just vocalising something, because there's a big difference between 
saying something and just having it in your head so speaking is key and it's definitely the first thing you should do also knowing that it it's not your fault yeah when you're the victim of bullying it's so easy to go home and think it's you and it's a reflection mm. on you or what have i done or what can i change don't live your life to please other people and yeah. if you can't talk to someone who you know you haven't got that confidence there are brilliant charities i don't know if you know of young minds and the mix who support young people with mental health difficulties so mm. yeah talking and if you can't do it to someone you know phone up one of those charities and they'll help you out with a therapist uh, Jono, what would you say to somebody who's going through this right now listening to us in my time of need when i was getting bullied i believed every single word that they were saying and i thought i didn't belong yeah and I think the one thing that I want to say to people is you do belong. You will be loved. You are loved. You will be embraced. You will be celebrated. You'll go on to do amazing things in your life. And these bullies do not control you. Thank you so much to both of you for coming here today. You've been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. I've loved sitting here speaking with you guys. And um, I hope if, if this podcast helps one person listening... It, it was so worthwhile. Absolutely. Thank you, Bobby. Yeah, thank you for inviting us both and creating a place where we've been able to talk. And I think so many times we've said, you need to talk. And that's what we've done today. And I found it therapeutic that I've been able to talk things and you know process things on my head as we've just had these conversations. So again, yeah, thank you for enabling that to happen. Oh, it's been my absolute pleasure. Thank you. Thanks so much to you for listening and to John Lancaster and Bobby Norris for being such great company and sharing their words of advice on bullying. We've explored some very heavy letters giving advice to those who are struggling with the harassment and torment of particularly mean individuals. And I'd like to urge you listening to treat everyone with kindness, be an upstander to those who are experiencing the very real harms of bullying. And if you're struggling with a problem, and feel like you need some advice, the Dear Deirdre team is here to help. Just send your problems to deardeirdre at the-sun.co.uk and remember, you can read Dear Deirdre every day at thesun.co.uk forward slash dear-deirdre or by picking up a copy of The Sun. Our advice page is packed full of support and extra resources which can help you with your own challenges. Before you go, don't forget to click follow so you never miss an episode. And if you have a spare moment, maybe you could give us a rating and leave us a review. This boost of appreciation all helps so that other people who are seeking advice can find us on their podcast app. I'll be back next week for another episode of Answering Your Dilemmas. But for now, I'm Sally Land and this has been Dear Deirdre. 